set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing It Happened One Night from 1934, directed by Frank Capra. So we're doing something different for us. Once again, we're doing Oscar season. So we're taking a look back in history with one of the first films to win Best Picture with It Happened One Night. And we're going to discuss it, discuss a little bit about the Oscars, its history, and we're going to learn a little bit about the pre-code era and what that means. Um, this idea came because it is March. Um, Oscars are in March. And we kind of wanted to look at some best picture winners. Um, take a look back. I've been watching a lot of older films from like the 40s, the 50s, and the 30s. And kind of brush up on that era of film because I am not familiar with it at all. Mm-hmm. And talking with Ashley, who has watched films of that era, kind of like playing catch up. And <laughs> I've been kind of like enjoying films from that era and learning a lot of new things because like we're kind of missing out on some stuff. And I've been learning a a lot, a, so a little, <laughs> kind of some jibs out there, and a kind of little things that are taking me aback. Yeah, okay. My film watching, I, I, I'll tell you a little bit about what I'm learning. Okay. As we discuss, it happened one night. Okay. I'm, I'm happy that you're 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 coming into your your own and your your film journey as you explore the previous decades. Because I am a big advocate for watching an old ass movie mainly because when you watch these old movies you see just how much their influence has spread because like this movie has a very like famous scene that has been parodied down to the ground <laughs> in so many different uh in so many different cartoons other movies and things like that um and this movie has influenced again cartoon characters which i had yes. no idea um yes. and so i i feel like we should watch old movies mainly because you could be watching something from the present day that's fully lifting from something from the 30s from the 40s from the 50s and have no idea that it's happening and just because you don't have that interest doesn't mean the director that you are watching <laughs> doesn't have that interest and so i feel like you find a new appreciation for the things that people were doing back then especially without certain um effects computer generated effects (laughs) other things i mean this movie isn't necessarily computer generated but um you know the slapstick the humor the writing it's fun to see how society has changed for the better for the worse (laughs) when we watch Mm -hmm. these old movies and also um, since we're going to talk about pre-code, you can see kind of like where we were headed versus what happened. <laughs> <laughs> because my goodness. <laughs> yeah. What I have been enjoying, like 
it happened one night. It's like a grade A rom-com. Mm-hmm. You could kind of see the beginning of how it influenced the the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see Nora Ephron watching <laughs> this as she was working on with Harry Met Sally because you got a mean guy. Yeah. And a nice girl. You got like the... Oh, I have to kind of kidnap you to take you somewhere. Uh. Oh, the basis of so much fan fiction. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like this this is the map for so many like rom-coms and romances mm-hmm. like moving forward. And I as like someone who kind of writes sometimes, mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. more times than I need like going forward. <laughs> Sure. Like it sparked like some inspiration in watching this. So it was like a really fun watch for me. Okay. Um, and I could see like how it influenced other things moving forward in history. Yes. And it was it was fun. And um I can't wait to talk. I'm I'm excited to talk about it, especially <laughs> when we get to certain points and, mm-hmm. and especially when we get to the ending I don't want to spoil it but when we got to the ending I was really shocked I was like oh (laughs) I know I know it's kind of funny because we have a as like people born in the the late 1900s (laughs) yeah as the kids like to say now the late 90s so rude so nasty um I feel like it's easy to see have like a certain view of life back then, especially post Hayes Code, um, having this idea that everything was sort of like, golly gee, will occurs. <laughs> and that everybody was just so like sexless and 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 I don't know, <laughs> very bland and sterile. And I'm like, how do you think a society functions like that? How do you think a society continues? Um, with zero sex in it, I don't understand. I don't understand how any of that <laughs> is is even possible, and um, it's unfortunate because I'm just like we've. I feel like we have watered down film history and and the film industry in general, based off of this sort of self censorship. When you go back and you look at stuff, you're like, oh, okay, y'all were. Yeah, we're saying a lot. Yeah, we're doing a lot. <laughs> Y'all was a little sassy and spicy back was, in the 30s. It was getting spicy, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's showing anger. Oh, that's a Oh, she's showing her, her undergarments. Is that a bare chest? See? I, what is that? <laughs> like, see? See? All in 1934? That's what your grandma, your memas, and your papas. That's well, exactly what y'all was doing. I mean, probably, you know. Well, my mom was not born when yeah, this movie came know. out. <laughs> she, <You know? laughs> she was born in 1935. My grandpa was alive when this movie came out, but he was a child. Yeah, my little kid. Yeah. Grandma's so great grandparents. <laughs> your great grandparents. Yeah. Great memas and great papas. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is their this is their era. Uh, so yeah, so I guess we should talk a little bit about why we're here, which is the Oscars, my favorite least favorite thing <laughs> in yeah. the entire so, world. The Oscars, um, or the Academy Awards, which is their official name, mm-hmm. is an award ceremony given by the 
um, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So that is an organization that was formed in 1927 when Louis B. Mayer, the head of Metro Goldwyn Mayer Studios or MGM, sought out a method to handle labor disputes or <laughs> read uh, union busting techniques, <laughs> um, reached out to others in his field, including Conrad Nagel, uh, an actor, Fred Niblo, a director and the head of the Association of Motion Picture Producers, Fred Beetson, to discuss this along with um, the additional goal of kind of like improving the film industry's reputation. So like the film industry never had much of a great reputation ever because it's always been plagued with like, oh, if you go to Hollywood, you go get into some not so savory stuff like yeah. that's kind of like the reputation Hollywood has always had and I would like to say that acting in general and the like has never had a good reputation since centuries and centuries ago because usually um actors and actresses are usually considered immoral people <laughs> and I feel like they it's kind of uh close to like sex work and prostitution and stuff like that I feel like those two industries in the past have always been like linked in some sort of way. So when you see, like, when you watch certain movies and shows and stuff where it's like set, I don't know, like in the 1800s, 1700s or whatever, and it's like actors, those terrible people. <laughs> like that has continued to this day. I mean, now it's kind of more like, we want to be those people. But before you're like, oh no, she's she's gone off to be an actress. He's <laughs> She's dating an actress. The hell, yeah. opera singers, all of, if you did any sort of entertaining at all, you were just a bad, terrible person. So like, it's always been like a goal of like, how can we improve the overall reputation of Hollywood? Um, so that was like the initial goal of that meeting. So another meeting was held afterward on January 11th, and that involved 36 other people. And that's kind of when the organization was officially formed and all 36 of those people were named the official founders of the Academy. Um, and that is like the official formation date of the Academy of, um, sorry, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. So who makes up the Academy? That was like a question that I had because like when you're reading, um, you know, press releases or articles about like who's voting for this film and who's voting for this film you get like anonymous sources saying like well I voted for this based on that you know oh yeah based on that I'm like well who are these people like that's a question that I had for a long time so I kind of like isn't there a magazine is it like THR the, the Hollywood Reporter don't they post it like every year where it's like I didn't like it because of this very inconsequential yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like you get those like little blurbs and like this didn't win because of this and they're like yeah. this or said this which so is like, funny well, because it's it sounds just like everybody else in the world <laughs> but i guess people would expect since you're in the academy to like give a shit <laughs> give a little bit more of a shit but some people were like i didn't like it because her outfit was ugly or you know <laughs> so much like the 36 people who founded the academy 
The Academy is comprised of professionals working in the film industry. So they can be actors, casting directors, directors, producers, makeup artists, etc. So currently, um, the Academy is roughly made up of over uh, 10,000 members. So each spring, you can apply for membership via their website. And that is when they kind of make their decision on who is selected to for membership. And usually, like if you follow their like Twitter account or their social media accounts, they put out an announcement saying these people are um, have been allowed membership into the organization. Mm-hmm. Um so it's pretty interesting to see who is selected um, and they all kind of like get an opportunity to vote on like the films as um, for the Oscars. So the first Academy Awards was hosted on May 16th, 1929. And the first film to win Best Picture was a silent film called Wings. And it was starring Gary Cooper in the first quote unquote It Girl Clara Bow. And the reason why Clara Bow was called an it girl is because she starred in a film called It. So that's where the term <laughs> it girl comes from. It comes from the movie It. And it's not it as we would know it about the killer clown that lives in sores. So <laughs> this information I got from um, the house that Mr. Mayor built inside the Union Busting Birth of the Academy Awards by David Thompson and the Academy um, official website. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to learn a little more, you could go look at those sources. The website for the Academy is actually really good. Like they've done a really good job of of preserving things from back then, especially like if you look, because there's like highlighting um, and um, they have photos, I think, as it goes on, because I don't think the Academy Awards wasn't officially televised until 1953 or first televised not officially sorry first televised until 1953 so at the best you had like photos mm-hmm. <laughs> but they have a lot of photos of, of people um who were there people getting their um awards a special award was given to walt disney in 1933 for the creation of mickey mouse so they have lots and lots of photos which is really cool because you know for something like this like that's a lot of <laughs> That's a lot of of archiving and and reaching out to people and and especially with the way studios used to be, I'm sure they were very difficult <laughs> to yeah. get stuff from other you know studios and you, it's just a whole thing. I'm sure it's a, a bitch to do. So whoever made this website, like shout out to you because this is a really great timeline. Like we've been looking at it ever since we decided to do this episode, and it's been pretty great. Um, so. I guess too, I wanted to like add some stuff. I feel like they've changed their their uh, entry requirements into the academy because before it used to be some heinous shit. Like you had to know somebody <laughs> and they had to yeah. nominate you to be in the, like in the academy. So like say like, you're just, I don't know, you're Ashley from bumfuck nowhere in Texas and you've come to Los Angeles with a dream and you've made a couple of movies and, and you know, they did some stuff, but you didn't really do that stuff or whatever. And you were like, damn, I wish I could vote in the academy. Like, why can't I vote for my peers and, and give a shout out to who I like and, who, and, you know, you know, make some shit happen from the inside. And you had to be nominated by a director that was already in the academy. Like if you were a director and you wanted to be in the academy, you had to find like a Steven Spielberg or somebody else 
to nominate you. And then what if they didn't want to? <laughs> if you had beef, you just was not. A lot of sucking up. It's just like that. It's I they changed it. They have changed that since then. Because I think the whole like Oscar so white, which I go back and forth on like every time I think about it. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's it has it started with good intentions, but <laughs> yeah. maybe. But then I think the person who started it also really enjoys being around famous people from their own words. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, not the best. Um, but I feel like they changed it up after that because I guess Cheryl Boone Isaacs was the first African American and the third woman to lead the Academy, which is. This was in 2016. This was like, <laughs> this was not that long ago. This is seven years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> ah! Ah! Um, uh, so they asked her um, if the Academy had difficulty with recognizing diversity. She said, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> and then the nominations came out and they were, everybody was white again. <laughs> so I guess the first time they just nominated all the acting categories all 20 nominees were white every last one of them and then they asked her you know is there a problem here and she said no and then in 20 what 17 or no 20 yeah 2016 once again everybody was white and it's like miss girl (laughs) what's going on over there so they're going to they said that they were going to uh double down on its number of women and minority members by 2020 i don't know how that's gone i mean theoretically they get nominations but as it you know the winning is still <laughs> the winning i don't know how that would really how that's really shaping up shipping out <laughs> i don't know how that's going uh but in 2018 they invited a record number of 928 new members which i remember that and a lot of them were black and a lot of them were uh newer uh actors and actresses so currently we have a uh the first asian american president of the academy which is janet yang but then I still feel like, I don't know, is it going to go right? You have you can't like force the hand of the Academy voters, especially if they're so flippant and ridiculous like every other person. <laughs> it literally yeah. can go either way. I mean, sometimes you'll watch a movie and you're like, obviously this is going to win. <laughs> like Green Book. I knew Green Book was going to win because it looked so, it was so much like fluff and... Ugh. So bad. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I have literally never seen Green Book. The last <laughs> movie I have seen by the Farley Brothers or Fairley Brothers, whoever, was me, myself, and Irene. And that's when I learned, I knew better because I was like 12, 13, and I knew better. <laughs> I watched, no, sorry, excuse me. I listened to the episode, the White People Won't Save You episode on Green Book. And I think that was the one I was like, Brittany, we need to be on the show. Because <laughs> I was like, this sounds fucking terrible. I've listened to two different podcasts on the movie and I was like, everything about the whole entire movie is a lie uh, or based off what uh, one of the Farleys was told by their dad. Oh no, I've seen way more Fairly Brothers people. Okay, let me just, I'm I'm having a crisis. Okay, Yeah, sorry. nothing was from Don Shirley's family. Like nothing was really like corroborated. So it was just bad. So I was like, of course they picked it. <laughs> they love, they love a schmoozy, sappy, shitty 
anything like that. And it seems kind of diverse, but it's not really because <laughs> it's just a white man lying. Um, but my fun facts about the Academy. <clears throat> me, 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 me. The trophy is actually called the Academy Award of Merit. Um, yes. Is nicknamed Oscar. So the first broadcast of the Oscars was in 1930 and it was first televised, like I said, in 1953, which I think has made it like from like industry thing into like a big deal where it affects like pop culture and people are mad about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, (laughs) which I'm like, shit, y'all could go back to making it a a radio only closed luncheon if you really felt the need to, because the way it spills over and ruins my spring, every spring is starting to um, annoy me. So um, the original categories were best actor, actress, um, art direction, cinematography, direction, comedy, direction, dramatic, uh, engineering effects, outstanding picture, special award, which I guess was just kind of like, you know, hey, Walt Disney, you did something cool with that mouse. Hey, come up here. Charlie Chaplin, bro. We got you, bro. We liked how you failed that window fell and didn't hit you. Is that Charlie Chaplin or is that Buster Keaton? I thought it was Buster Keaton. Oh, wait. I think it is. My Buster bad. Keaton was the one Char- who was getting shit dropped on him. <laughs> okay, we like how you spin that little cane. Yeah, they like that little potato with the fork. <laughs> and I like your mustache and your curly hair. Yeah, we think you, a you were a weirdo, but you know, <laughs> you did a good job on that screen. Everything else outside of the screen, you don't know about. You get the special cutie award. <laughs> Special award. Okay. Welcome to Britney's Oscars. The special okay. Beauty award goes okay. to yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, Aldous Hodge makes watches. You get a special cutie award and a Timex because you got my time, boo. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, what was the other ones? Oh, unique and artistic picture. I don't know. I guess that's for like the ones that are a little bit on the artsy side, the arts, the arts house. Oh, y'all ones. painted them backdrops yeah. really well. <laughs> um, writing for, okay, so three categories for writing, best adaptation, original story, and title writing, which I wasn't actually sure what title writing is. And these have kind of existed over time. They change a lot. A lot of these don't even get televised. Um, which people get mad about, but I'm also like, girl, if they televise all of these in between all the skits and all the other shit that they do, I don't even. <laughs> Everybody already complains that the, the show is too long because it should be on from like, I don't know, five o'clock here until about eight o'clock, which is what, 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Like it is mm-hmm. a long, it's a long picture. Um, but now they've included stuff like best costume, best animated film, which Brittany was saying because they didn't want to nominate Shrek. <laughs> So, like, best Shrek, picture. Yeah, like they was like, we can't put Shrek in this shit. So like Which is weird Shrek. because it didn't Beauty and the Beast get nominated for Best Picture? But do do beasts fart? I don't know. Sometimes farting is a part of the human condition. But <laughs> do beasts be like wipe your mm, face? That's comedy, okay? That's comedy. That's you don't have no butt and fart jokes in Beauty and the Beast. I've seen worse things except an Oscar. So I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. So that was their, that was their concession. It was like, we'll let you in this room, but only under animated film, um, best documentary and international film among others. Like there's tons. The one that I feel like everybody feels like there should be is like a something about stunts. 
stunt men and women because they be risking their lives and stuff. I think I agree with that one. Please. Yeah, it's like, why are these people laying down their lives for a 10-second stunt and then (laughs) not getting any sort of recognition for it? Like, that's crazy. Um, So the Oscars are the oldest worldwide entertainment award ceremony um, and is televised around the world. Um, It's also the oldest of the four major annual American entertainment awards. Uh, so they have the equivalents like the Emmys for television, the Tony Awards for theater, the Grammy Awards for music, um, and they're all modeled after the Academy Award. I don't really know when the Golden Globes slid, slid in there because they do a mix of like movies and TV. So that could be a little bit chaotic and confusing. <laughs> um, but there have been 3,140 Oscars awarded since its inception. So I guess the other thing we need to talk about outside of the Oscars is the importance of this movie happened one night because it was released four months before the Hayes Code was um, enforced. Now, the <laughs> Hayes Code, we have talked they about the Hayes Code. You cannot have fun. No, you cannot have fun <laughs> at all. You can't really do this shit. And um, all kinds of things were included under the Hayes Code. So we, I know people have talked about it online. I think we've mentioned the Hayes Code a couple times on here. Brittany had a little bit of a of an opinion session last episode <laughs> where we talked about the Hayes Code and how important it is to not support that shit. Um, but we should go into the background of the Hayes Code, like really like get into the meat of uh, what that means and, and when somebody mentions the Hayes Code when y'all talk about no sex on TV. So the Motion Picture Production Code, aka the Hayes Code, was a set industry guidelines Um, for the self-censorship of content that was applied to most motion pictures released by major studios in the United States from 1934 to 1968. Um, So I actually saw a tweet that was like, can you believe that it was only like, like 50 or 60 years ago that people didn't do like have sex and stuff on screen. And somebody was like, yes, because of the Hayes Code, child. There was a specific reason why you weren't seeing the crazy shit. And even now, you still don't even see crazy shit right now. I'm still wondering where y'all are seeing any of this. It's it's And also, if you see it, that means that you are purposely watching content with that con like you're watching something with that content in it. That's true. Like it has a a rating system. Like before you watch Euphoria, it says this is rated TVMA. This will contain yeah. strong language, strong nudity, uh, violence. Like it tells you exactly what you're going to watch. They like, used to just say it was. They used to just say TVMA, strong content. Yeah. They wouldn't even list it out for you. You we get it listed out now. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> like there was a time that they didn't have rating systems for TV. They implemented mm. that in the late '90s, early aughts, I believe. But like every time you got, I don't want to say every time I spend too much time online, fuck. But like when you tweet, it's like y'all tweeting, like y'all watching like real sex and you're not because real sex is not on TV. They should bring it back because you learned a lot about people's (laughs) lives. And, but like, you're literally watching like, I don't know what the equivalent of Glee now, but like you're watching like Glee. I don't even know. I don't understand what you're watching where you would come into contact with this and you also 
have the ability if something makes you so uncomfortable you could either fast forward through it or turn yeah. it off like you yeah. are grown <laughs> well somebody said that they were watching Bridgerton and they were like I fast forwarded through all and I was like the only reason why I know that Bridgerton exists is because of all the sex scenes in that first season like then they said that they fast forwarded through all of it so they fast forward through so much that they missed the major plot point I was like could it have been that the sex was a part of the plot like it was moving the plot forward <laughs> Oh, it's not just there gratuitously like based on like a series of romance novels has sex in it yeah bodice rippers Ooh. those are literal oh, that's, bodice rippers. <laughs> that's really weird i i wouldn't imagine that that's so but, crazy okay. that's crazy right <laughs> well let me let's okay let's stop dunking on the people Okay, uh, so the Motion Picture Production Code uh, was known as the Hayes Code after Will H. Hayes, which who was the president of the Motion Picture Producers and Distributors of America from 1922 to 1945. Um, he was also like the Postmaster General at one point. I don't. <laughs> he had jobs. I don't know because like every time I hear about a Postmaster General, they're always up to some nefarious shit, and I don't understand why. <laughs> that continues to be a thing um i don't know who the current postmaster general is but the last one was doing a lot <laughs> um i think it's still the same guy who well fucking over the post office because i don't think they got rid of that guy who fucked over the post shout office. out joe biden still getting shit i think it's still up. the same dude honestly the code was supposed to just self-censure or self-censor <laughs> Um, unacceptable content. So they spelled out what was acceptable, what was unacceptable um, for public audiences in the United States. So this, um, I feel like what he was uh, president of the Motion Picture Producers and Distributors of America turned into the Motion Picture Association of America uh, and the Motion Picture Association. The Motion Picture Association of America is what determines the ratings uh, for movies. So the background was, in the 20s, Hollywood had like a few scandals. There was like a murder of somebody, um, William Desmond Taylor, who was a uh, film director and actor. And also um, Fatty Arbuckle apparently raped a woman, which, sir, <laughs> what the fuck? But they all, I guess they were like, damn, that movie industry is turning out some crazy shit. Um, you know, churches, civic organizations, political people, you know. And um, I guess there was like pressure from legislators that they were going to censor the film industry, like the actual government was. So then the film industry itself was just like, listen, we'll just make our own shit and we'll just lock this shit down. <laughs> um, so they made up a list, I guess, it's main, 11 main rules and then there's like suggestions about don't do this you know um so the main rules are pointed profanity <laughs> that includes the words god lord jesus christ unless they are used reverently in correction connection with proper religious ceremonies hell son of a bitch damn god j which is a g a g a w d and any other vulgar expression maybe spelled um no 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 uh any licentious or suggestive nudity in fact or in silhouette so you can't even have somebody behind like their curtain with the little shape of their body like uh, -uh nope cut that so illegal traffic and drugs red challenge that red light challenge oh yeah the red light challenge years ago dead it <laughs> dead it no i always think of that uh j-lo perfume ad remember she was in the shower or whatever 
and it wasn't like you can see her body but she was obviously naked in the shower and then they had to like rerun the ad because they were like it's too suggestive or something so they actually fogged mm. up her body more which i was like you can bear all you can see is the shape of her ass like come on <laughs> you can't even see a nipple like give me a break um so number four any interference of sex perversion five white slavery <laughs> wait wait okay time time out slavery is fine <laughs> like regular slavery regular style yes all right chattel yes. slavery and and totally this is cool specifically this is used to refer to the enslavement the sexual enslavement of white women so middle eastern harems that kind of thing and they're like actually not <laughs> not our white women absolutely not uh miscegenation so any sort of white and black relationships i'm assuming this is with white or black men and white women absolutely uh, yeah. Mm, 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 absolutely mm, that's mm. exactly absolutely because we're here to do what save our white women <laughs> it, it's absolutely that uh sex hygiene and venereal diseases uh scenes of actual childbirth in fact or in silhouette children's sex organs fine that's like a one doesn't mean unless i mean you know sometimes you have like naked babies and stuff like yeah I, but yeah um ridicule of the clergy Willful offense to any nation, race, or creed. Which, girl, I don't think anybody was really following that law at all. <laughs> and then there had the special care subject. So use of the flag, international relations, arson, use of firearms, theft, robbery, uh, brutality, and possible gruesomeness. Let's skip some. Actual hangings, sympathy for criminals, sedition, uh, branding of people or animals, uh, the sale of women or a woman selling her virtue, rape or attempted rape, first night scenes, man and woman together, in bed together, uh, the institution of marriage, surgical operations, use of drugs, titles or scenes having to do with law enforcement or law enforcing officers, and excessive or lustful kissing, particularly when one character or the other is a heavy, which I don't know what that means exactly. Let me let me slide on in here real quick. Um, yeah, I don't know what a heavy is. Is I guess is is a criminal. So like if somebody's waking up with a criminal, that that one's escaping me a little bit. So the code basically portrayed, like said, what can be portrayed on screen on screen, but also promoted traditional values. So sexual relations outside of marriage. Um, we're like, no, like there's, you're not supposed to be passionate about this at all. It's actually supposed to be really terrible. Um, any sexual act considered perverted, including success, suggestion of same sex relationships, sex or romance was ruled out, which is fucked up because uh, in film history, there are actually several movies um, back way before the Oscars even came about that had gay people in them. <laughs> and now you have the Hayes Code, just like, we've never seen a gay person in our entire lives. I don't know what you guys are talking about. And the problem with this is, is that um, the code skews reality for a lot of people because when we look back, like I said, we look back towards this time when we think of it as being sort of like wholesome and pure and blah, blah, blah. And that like, oh, like they never showed gay people on screen. So like, that's not even something that they would ever do. Like there was no gay people to even show. Well, that's not true. <laughs> there was plenty of gay actors in the first place that weren't even allowed to be gay uh, out publicly. And also um, the world looks back at media 
like we look back at history not through like history books but we look at it through the media we look at it through pictures we look at it through movies books all that stuff and when we don't have that like when we only have that we don't have like firsthand accounts of some of these things um you're buying into an idealized version of itself and that has no enormous consequences because now you sort of think like this is the way the world is I should have been a 1950s housewife. And it's like, no, you should not have. <laughs> not in any circumstance. Girl, don't fall for the lie. <laughs> and what you're seeing replicated in this media and you don't have anybody to talk to, like you could, you don't have a grandparent to talk to you to tell you that it is not good to be a nice, for example, a 1950s housewife. They mm-hmm. say it's not all meatloaf and potatoes. You just have this really skewed version of what a someone born in 2002 telling you what it's like to be a 1950s housewife is like. We like in our last episode, um, we kind of discussed like the history of horror. And that's one of the things that I liked about horror because it's kind of a genre that allows people to be themselves because it's a a genre that is a little bit more free mm-hmm. and there is a series called um yes okay it's called queer for fear okay um so it's a queer for fear it's about the history of horror mm-hmm. and it's about um queer people in horror so they had like a series of pre-code movies that featured queer people mm-hmm. in like the horror genre yeah um and how like how they had to kind of skirt it once the code was implemented and still put those still allow those actors to act still allow those scenes to be in those films and not alert the censors and i saw and, one too um i watched the celluloid closet which i feel like i mentioned in a past episode which talks about gay um like the history of gay people in film. Um, it's not the best with like anybody who's not white, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but like, I know at one point they said that it was like some movie, there's a horror movie. And I feel like the the lead lady or the villain was like a vampire or something, but they used like her sort of like queerness to show that she was the villain. And I think Wait, that was a post- people? No, um, I can't remember what it was, but like this lady was definitely like in her personal space, like all in her shit. And I think this was a post haze code like movie. And I wish I could remember what it was, but it was like clearly like this lady is the bad guy. And also she's like a lesbian or at least making like lesbian ish sort of advances towards this poor little white girl. (laughs) And that's one of the ways that the code sort of fucked up everything because now a lot of villains are have like queer coding and stuff like that um where i guess in pre code years like at the very least it'd be like a humorous thing for someone to be gay but like now it's like no this is a dangerous thing uh to show any sort of like queerness and i was like oh that's it just ruined everything <laughs> just ruined so much i mean we had so many good movies come out in this time period but my goodness like the way it could have been i think about the way it probably could have been and should have been had these codes not been implemented in the first place hmm. 
Very, very, very sad. Um, so I guess we could talk about Frank Capra a little bit, um, which I forgot. <laughs> I didn't realize that this is the Frank Capra that did It's a Wonderful Life, Life which is <laughs> movie I said I was going to watch and then did not. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I you, you've like never seen it? it? I still have not seen it. It was on. If There's a marathon over the break. And after we recorded our, like, um, our year review episode i was like maybe i'll watch it and i was like no actually I, wow this is a first so mm-hmm. i've seen frank i've seen it's a wonderful life because i watched it over the holiday season mm-hmm. because i was like i want to see this film that everybody says is like a really wonderful holiday movie and i watched it i was like this shit said this is kind of <laughs> dark and and this is like one of those like old timey films that I was like this is gonna start me on my journey and I was like oh shit I don't think I like Jimmy Stewart I don't like Jimmy Stewart either that's the other thing because I also been watching like his girl Friday I was like oh shit I like Cary Grant hell yeah (laughs) I'm discovering this yeah Cary Grant is that boy Jimmy Jimmy Stewart looking ass is not that boy I don't like his voice I think that's what I said in that one episode I was like I just don't like his voice I have seen Mr. Smith goes to Washington I've seen Mr. Deeds so that counts (laughs) the the new one the uh (laughs) wasn't that with Adam Sandler wait that's he did Mr. Deeds go to town I've seen Mr. Deeds but you've seen Mr. Deeds of 2002 Okay, well, I mean, it's a remake. Shout out to them. <laughs> so, you know. Um, you know, by association. Have you seen Arsenic and Old Lace? Um, I've seen some of it. Okay, I have not, but I have heard of these movies. So these are big movies. Um, nobody wanted to work on this movie, apparently. <laughs> None of the stars wanted to work on this movie, uh, especially uh, the lead actress. Uh, she said that, um, I guess they worked together on something else. And she was like, hell no, I don't want to do this again. And I think that Clark Gable was like, they were both like, yo, this shit sucks. Like the script is ass. <laughs> Sorry, Claudette mm. Colbert. That's who the actress is. I was trying to make sure I got her name right. Um, Peter's character, played by Clark Gable, was inspired the creation of Bugs Bunny, developed in part by animator Frizz Freeling, who loved this movie. Um, this is also the first movie and one of three movies to win the big five uh, for of Academy Awards. So best picture, best director, actor, actress, and writing. And there's only been three of those. There's The other two are One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> they haven't yes. had another one come close since. I don't know if there's, is there one nominated for all the five this, this year? I don't think so. And I don't think it'll happen again. I don't, I don't, yeah. Y'all are, <laughs> not to be mean, but it's just no. not going off the way it should be going off. I think if it's anything that might be close, it's probably everything everywhere all at once. But I, there's a lot of categories here and I cannot tell. So <laughs> we're just gonna have to assume. Also, my last fact is, that this movie has been adapted into musicals, radio broadcasts, and various Indian films, including but not limited to Hindi, Bengali, and Tamil. I don't know what the Indian uh, film industry sees in this movie. I mean, I'm sure it's a banger. And girl, 
different. It was like at least five <laughs> different movies was in that list. And I was like, dang, this is, they really like going back to the well. <laughs> I mean, it's, a good it's gotten one. like two remakes, one starring uh, Jack Lemmon in 1956. So I'm surprised. I actually didn't see that. That's funny. It's, I was tempted to watch it. I am on my Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau kick right now. So I'm, have I'm you not... seen? Have you seen what's it called? Have you seen my my favorite Jack Lemon? Uh, Some like it hot. Yes, love I love it. And I, I'm my next up is watching Fortune Cookie because it takes place in Cleveland. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, yeah, I haven't seen any of the remakes. Um. But I know that there are several movies that kind of pull from this movie or reference it in some way and of course i said like a bunch of times like this uh that very famous scene with our leg (laughs) has been shown in so many different uh different television shows and movies and and cartoons so that's how i knew i feel like if you like if you're a kid that was um conscious and incapable in the mid to early 90s early to mid 90s <laughs> and you watch any sort of warner brothers property girl all these people that you have seen in some form of fashion even if you did not really realize <laughs> because i'm sure somebody in tiny two adventures or something has done and it happened one night gag or something and i know i've seen clark gable in several uh parodies and uh, caricatures because those ears <laughs> that's the only way I can see him is like as a Looney Tunes caricature how do you feel about your Cleveland your native Cleveland son or not Cleveland but Ohio he's from Ohio <laughs> I Ohio. like I've seen Gone with the Wind because TBS will play that like for 17 days. They have it in a long time. Long nights. I don't think they do. <laughs> no, well, it's on HBO Max, I think. And then yeah. we watch it in, in, in eighth grade because my teacher was not there for like three days. We were like, here, you can watch this long ass movie inside of anything. We were not talking about the Civil War at that time. I do not know why we picked that movie specifically, but that's that's how that happened. But I haven't seen any of his other movies. Unfortunately, I, he got a banger. Okay, it's a pre-code <laughs> movie. It's called Night Nurse. Okay, um, he is <laughs> he's the villain. Okay, I can see that. He's a villain. I think the movie is from like 1931, and I'm trying to figure. It's like one of those like racy movies because there are two women. I'm trying to find out their names. But it's like two women who like dance in their nightgowns. Okay. And I'm like, y'all doing this in 1931. And they are. <laughs> um, but his thing is, I think he's trying to is Barbara Stanwyck. Okay. Is the star of this one. Um, but his thing is I think he's trying to kill two kids. Oh, right. For money. Sir. <laughs> See. <laughs> end it now <laughs> yeah i'm looking at something he was in a movie called red dust uh where they describe it as unshaven lovemaking with the brawless gene harlow who made him a mgm's most important leading man interesting oh mm, i don't know if it's like actual nastiness but you know <laughs> like yeah 
y'all do what's that that's this picture and he literally has his hands like right under her boobs <laughs> yeah her little nightgown yes. on girl girl mm-hmm. y'all mean and, and, and grandmamas and papas were nasty <laughs> absolutely nasty okay we've been talking for uh, quite a long time so let's get into the movie um I love the tropes in this movie. It's some of my favorite ones. Enemies, friends to lovers, spoiled witch girl, asshole with a heart of gold. I don't really like that one that much. That last one, I don't like craziness from men. But, you know, it goes into the the several tropes that have endured the test of time. Mm-hmm. You got the, what is it? The sun, is it sunshine and a grump? I forget the terms. <laughs> I'm off on my. I forgot my romance terms. Is that from Dublin? Definitely a sunshine and a grump or something. Cinnamon roll. I'm not into the asshole with a heart of gold. It's definitely into the enemies, friends, lovers. Shout out to you, uh, Jane Austen, for throwing it down for all of us (laughs) in these streets. The the opening of this movie had me a little confused. (laughs) I was like, what? What's going on? Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought that was her, like husband. And it turns out that was just her dad. But yeah. I thought that he was like her older husband that was like keeping her under lock and key. So basically the movie opens with this um, spoiled rich girl named Ellen. Is it her name Ellen? I always call her Ellie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she uh, goes by Ellie. Okay, Ellie, um, who is on a boat with her father, her very rich father, um, who has her like basically locked in this room because she went off and had like eloped with this aviator slash fortune hunter (laughs) named King Wesley, which I was also a little confused about. (laughs) I was like, so he a king? What is it? I was like, oh no, that's just his first name. Like Prince Harry or something? Yeah, I was like, okay. That's just Mm, his name. His name's just King. Sure. Yeah, her dad was like, hell no, we rich and he's not rich and he's trying to get at you because you are rich. And she's upset because um, she can't do anything by herself without her dad being like in her business. Yes. In her shit. She can't go anywhere. She's never done anything on her own. She's kind of like Princess Jasmine. You know, Princess Jasmine needs to be like, damn, I'm always in this house. And yeah, even though I'm just 16 or 18 years old, I'm that's my girl. Don't I'm, don't, not too much. Not I'm too much my girl. I'm not an adult yet, and I am just <laughs> learning stuff. I haven't finished anything that I needed to learn to live independently. No, but I need you to be out of my business. Thank <laughs> you. Ellie marries King just to be rebellious, you know, when you got to show your father that you mean business, you go get married. And so I don't know how old she's supposed to be in this movie. I don't know how old anybody in this movie is supposed to be. Yeah, they're younger. I don't know. Clark Gable's like 40. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie's a young adult. She's not like 20. How old was Clark 21. Gable? Okay, Clark Gable would have been 33 when this movie came out. Yeah, he was born in 1901. Yes, I don't know about Claudette Colbert. Um, she would have been no, she's only two years younger than him. She she wouldn't have been that old either. Yeah. So wow, wow, we wow. I mean, she's definitely not in her 30s. He might be, but she's not because she's been babied most of her. If she is, that's sad. <laughs> that's even more concerning. Um, so she does a very uh dramatic thing where she jumps off the boat. <laughs> she like she's like, hey. 
don't worry about me. I got something for y'all. And she's just whoo, into the water. And it looks like the water's like in the middle of like the ocean. Yeah. And she just like swims away. She's like, in her clothes. Yeah. <laughs> in her clothes, like completely just I'm out because I think she was on like a hunger strike before that like yeah we gotta make her eat she's not eating and you're gonna eat something today she's like no I'm not unless you let me get married to my man yeah (laughs) then I'm already married to my yeah yeah it's like an actual like let us be husband and wife type stuff or whatever so basically she um goes to a bus station and pays a woman to buy her a ticket because I guess because her her father has all these people out. What did he do? He's just rich, right? Like there's yeah, no. He's, he's a rich man. He's just a we rich man. Money. Meanwhile, we have Peter Warren, who is a newspaper reporter, and this scene had me very confused too because I was like, why is he? I didn't realize he was drunk, <laughs> talking on the phone, talking shit. Uh, to his editor for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't even know what transpired for him to get fired other than him talking a bunch of shit. Yeah. That's, said, the, that's the kind of guy he is. The slang that he... I was cracking up. He called him a gas house palooka. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean, friends? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's saying you old bitch, but you know, <laughs> such chaotic slang. <laughs> and then, because it's a long distance call, you know, we used to not do those because it costs a lot of money. And he reversed the charge <laughs> to He's, the office. Send that shit back. I will and not be paying $2. Yes, I will not be paying $2 for that or however much it costs. Uh, you can handle that. Thank you so much. So um, he also has a bunch of other reporters gassing his ass up. I guess they thought it was like one for the little man. And it's like, yeah, yeah, Pete, you got it. Let me, let me take you to your steed, which is the bus <laughs> or something like that. And um, he's always asking people to fight him in some form of fashion because he was getting real sassy with that cop on the bus mm-hmm. with that oh yeah <laughs> well, it's very why I oughta why I oughta <laughs> little fists <laughs> Get slug you right in the kisser oh <laughs> pop you right in the kisser <laughs> hilarity hilarity but they meant it <laughs> <laughs> they meant that shit and they have a big thing between him and ellie because she's like i guess he had thrown out a bunch of newspapers that were in the chair threw them out onto the street and they're like what the fuck <laughs> which is <laughs> sorry and then um when he comes back to the chairs after arguing with this cop ellie is in his seat and then he gets mad at her and it's like you need to get the fuck up basically <laughs> are you in my seat and then finally the cars or not the car sorry the bus starts and i guess because she was like standing maybe or they were arguing i can't remember how it happens but she falls into his lap (laughs) and he said next time you drop in bring your folks (laughs) (laughs) i was like okay is this the energy we're giving (laughs) 
<laughs> and like all of these like little one-liners are very very funny also mm-hmm. very very bugs bunyan you can see the the resemblance pretty <laughs> pretty quickly there's always some sort of i don't know if this is a double entendre but it just has like a little slyness to it where he would always talk to her and she'd always be like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> he working her nerves mm-hmm. early early in the situation um we now have the one black person that's in the entire movie which is thankfully yes. just a guy selling hot dogs and hot coffee dogs. he was just like hey hey y'all we got hot dogs i was like "Woo!" we could have had a terrible time with Woo. this one <laughs> it could have been like, the I butler about that. <laughs> um because i also watched a movie from like 1938 called Jezebel and that's a historical movie that just sounds takes place in like the 1800s and it stars Betty Davis Peter Fonda okay. I was like oh shit I was like Jane Fonda and them daddy going to hell from <laughs> um <laughs> since it's a historical movie that takes place on a plantation oh, there God. is a significant amount of black actors in this oh, film Lord. because you have a film that takes place on plantation. So in watching this film, I'm like, oh, so this is how the directors see black people, see like how they see black. This is how they see enslaved people at that time in 1938. And this is what they think of them. I know. And was that like, and like 60 years removed from slavery right mm-hmm. or something about and of the roles featured in that film there is um one of the child actors from the little rascals the one that played Stymie. okay this is the original little rascals not <laughs> yes uh-huh. <laughs> and he has like a lot of speaking roles so he is saying a lot of yes sirs yes ma'ams Ugh. and it's it's kind of difficult to watch. And also I ran into like stereotypes that I had never witnessed before, like in film, like a jockey character, like an actual jockey. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not necessarily prepared for that. And then stereotype. It was a jockey, like a jockey. Like Like a horse jockey? Yes, like a jockey. So it was a little black boy dressed like a jockey and he was a jockey That's and weird. like well, what does that mean what does that mean i was just like okay i'm not prepared to like see that and what are they like- saying about us <laughs> hi friends so i didn't know i genuinely did not know what the black jockey stereotype was or where it came from uh so i did a little bit of digging so here it is uh this is from the baltimore sun Uh, From 2013, uh, it says that African-Americans, both free and enslaved, basically dominated horse racing from the 17th century up until Reconstruction. For a variety of reasons, both economic and racial, African-American participation in racing virtually disappeared after Jimmy Winkfield's win at the Kentucky Derby in 1902. Jimmy Winkfield is known to be the last African-American to ride a winner in the Derby. Now, where the stereotype in the anti-Black imagery actually comes from is the image of the Black jockey being shrunk down into what is basically a lawn ornament. It features very heavily uh, stereotyped caricatures of what are supposed to be our facial features. You know, the giant lips, the big eyes, uh, the black skin. Like most stereotypes, uh, the lawn jockey probably comes from a deep-seated need 
uh, by racist white people to remind us that we as black people are only as good as our servitude towards them. And also being very upset that we stayed winning. So it's very grotesque. It's very gross. And it's unfortunate that I was featured in uh, the movie that Brittany was talking about. Uh, But I just wanted to give a little bit more context for anybody um, who, like me, was a little bit confused um, on what she was talking about. That's the downside. That's the downside of it is like like damn like that's 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 the vibe that's the vibe and then we're like oh well let this governing body accept us as people into their fucking award ceremony or whatever let me get worked up and write about it every fucking year (laughs) and like i i did watch it with saying like it is a movie it's gonna be a hot mess 1938 so like yes it's a movie watching it like made in 1938 i acknowledge that i'm watching it in 2013 not 13 sorry about that it's 23 10 years ago it was just like a lot to take in and this the movie itself is a good film because it's about um betty davis cutting up (laughs) like being a jezebel on the scene of like a very proper society like wearing a red dress to an all-white ball and how that has consequences for her as a woman Mm -hmm. and like she basically kind of like destroys her life in doing so but it's like (laughs) wow yeah well so yeah the rough times rough times um i mean thankfully this isn't like that in this movie but girl (laughs) sometimes you get thrown for a loop yeah that's what I'm learning also in watching like the older films like even like I dabbled in singing in the rain is like a little portion where they like have a film that they're shooting and it's like a bunch of white actors in blackface doing some kind of tribal dance and I'm like what the fuck's going on here and like that movie's made in 1952 and it's like oh okay oh my god Uh I don't remember that part I mainly remember Sid Cerise's leg because I like that movie, but you go back to like this film in 1934. It's just like a black man selling hot dogs. That's it. Like he's just a person who is selling hot dogs. Like yeah, shout out to him. He was he's a little he's a little bit enthusiastic for me. Let's not let him get any more enthusiastic about feeding these people because <laughs> I don't want him to be any happier than he already is. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. That part of sitting anywhere. I need to revisit that because I don't remember that part. Yeah. I like that movie I watched a lot. that for the first time. I've never seen it. it My boo. Eugene. I was like, damn, he was getting it. I mm-hmm. like the doo doo fan. Hell yeah, doo doo. See, I told you, you're just a hater. <laughs> <laughs> you're just a hater. And he has all, every time Eugene will have a nice little 10 minute uh, cutaway scene that has nothing to do with the hell that's happening at all. <laughs> just gets to flex and show off how good of a dancer he is fantastic talent tree like that scene where they were just like reaching <laughs> oh the oh, purple the, like, yeah i was like that's the ladder that's beautiful yep that's like days yes, gone by. show those skills days gone by chris evans is supposed to play eugene <laughs> 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 they play too much and and tom holland was a play uh fred astaire in another movie and fred astaire said don't make no damn movies about me 
<laughs> That's my dying wish. Do not make a biopic about me. And here they he go. You're going to come back and haunt that tiny little British man. I can't wait till they have to snatch that hairline back because it's going <laughs> back here. <laughs> Just. <laughs> it's gonna be a hot ass mess i'm sorry i ain't got the juice ellie's bag is stolen she does not notice god bless her <laughs> um, peter is unprompted to go after this man he actually goes after the man uh doesn't catch him ellie's like a girl i don't even know what you're running around for and he's like, he's yeah, like bag has got stolen he's like why is she in my face she's like did you not see that man just steal your shit? Oh All my her god, shit's my gone. shit was stolen. Was this like two or three hours into the bus ride? Like she's already not making it. Um, she doesn't want any news of where she is to get back to her father because, like I said, her father got people looking for her everywhere. He got shooters, and um, they're constantly fighting. And so every time they get back on this bus, Ellie's trying to find a different place to sit, but she ends up next to Peter anyway because at one point this big old dude falls asleep on her. <laughs> And starts like and leaning over so on her. Uh, yes, this is big old jowls is on her shoulder. <laughs> she's like, I gotta get the fuck up out of here. So she goes back over to where Peter is because at least he's like in his, you know, in his own area. Even though he's awake, he's been watching her this whole time, kind of laughing at her. Then they get off at, I feel like Jacksonville or somewhere. I can't remember, but it's the next stop. And she, they only have 30 minutes to do whatever they need to do like this break is only for 30 minutes oh God. and she says she's gonna go to some hotel that's like farther away <laughs> she's like i gotta go to this blah 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 hotel y'all tell the bus to wait for me and i will be back yeah and peter's like the bus is not gonna wait for you like we only have 30 minutes at this stop and she said no the bus will wait for me and then she goes and tells the guy like yeah, can you hold the bus? And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Please hold the bus for me. And he was like, oh, Lord. All right. She thinks that the bus will just do whatever. I mean, obviously, it's, it's she's never been on a on a Greyhound or anything like that before because they do not wait for people. <laughs> they do not have time. They have a schedule that they have to keep. And she didn't even bribe nobody. Yeah, slip them a dollar. She still had money. She didn't get her money stole. She's got her bag, like her clothes and stuff. So she's in the same clothes whole trip, unfortunately. So Peter thinks she's a fucking idiot, basically. <laughs> but he stays with her because I guess he, I mean, he, I feel like partially it's just because he's like, I don't know what's going to happen to this girl. <laughs> if she's left alone for like another hour. Um, so he misses the bus, too. And um, the next bus isn't for another 12 hours, which is crazy. <laughs> so they basically don't spend any time together, but they're in, I guess he like leaves her to it because they have an argument because um, she's talking about how, uh, I guess he finds out who she is and she's like, oh yeah, you're getting married to that guy. Your husband's a phony. <laughs> you should just go back to your dad's house. <laughs> like enough of this, whatever you're doing. Because <laughs> he finds her like, tickets because she he's already like you didn't got fucking robbed yeah you ticket. you not with you can't carry yourself but she left her tickets on the seat of the bus and he girl. finds them and he's like oh ellie uh, ellie andrews uh -huh. girl yeah you, know, you left your fucking seat ticket on seat. <laughs> <laughs> like oh my god you just get the sense that she's never had to do anything by herself or 
had to fend for herself for any reason. Um, and she tries to bribe him to not like tell anybody that she's Ellie Andrews and he's like disgusted by it. It's like you were baby, you were <laughs> traveling from Florida to New to New York and you just do it whatever. You don't have your stuff, you don't have money. Nope. You just have vibes. Like all you have <laughs> is vibes and you think that you're gonna be okay. How how are you gonna make it? I don't know. And I don't know how people who are like this operate either without a massive amount of like stomach trouble. <laughs> like, it's just the thought of it has my stomach in knots. I'm like, girl, you just out here. <laughs> no how you gonna eat? Yeah. How? Food. Do you know how to catch the next bus for <laughs> the next day? <laughs> Will they let you on the next bus? You don't know any of that shit. Peter, I guess there's like a like a Western Union call or something. Like not Western Union, but um like a telegram or something. Yes. To his boss to tell him that he knows where Ellie is, just to like rub it in. <laughs> I guess to just be a dick and be like, see, I know how to do stuff. I know how to be a reporter, bitch. <laughs> I got a big lead. Stop. On his big story, stop. Uh-huh. Stop. What did he call him? A mush or something? And the lady was reading it back to him. <laughs> and then told him to send it collect. So when he gets the fucking telegram, he has to pay for it. Like <laughs> mm. <laughs> messy, messy ass. Cause it was two dollars. Mm. I couldn't believe that shit. It was two dollars to rent a hotel lot room. Of money. Yeah, it was two dollars to rent a hotel room for the night. Or like mm. that little, um, like not Airbnb, but like an Airbnb. <laughs> it's like little, I don't know what you would call it back then. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was like, a, I thought that was very expensive. Like I thought those was like 10 cents or something. Like what, what, what happened to that? What happened to those prices? Mm-hmm. $2 would be like $45 today. Honestly, I'm not even joking. Probably would be. <laughs> Uh, they get back on the bus and she doesn't want to stay with him again. <laughs> so she goes and sits by this man named Shapely, who is uh, just talking her fucking ear off. <laughs> about any and everything. He's just yap, yap, yapping. He's telling her all his business, Ugh. asking her business, wanting to know if she's single or married, if she got a man, what's her man name. Can't she, if you got a man, like, we could still be friends, like one of them type. You know, he got a little lady back at the house, but it ain't her business what he do on the road. You That's what I was a little is. confused about, too. I was like, wait, did you just say you had a wife? Why are you still talking to me so so thoroughly and <laughs> forwardly? Stop talking to me. This is so gross. Um, And so he's just talking her face off and that shit that believe you me. <laughs> <laughs> That I don't even know what that was about, but the way he said it, I was like, this is so goofy. Peter is watching from across the aisle and finally he stands up and he's like, all right. Yeah. So, um, stop talking to my wife. Like you could take, you could take this seat, take my seat. I'll take your seat. Like stop talking to my wife and all that stuff. And he's like, wife. Okay. I'm sorry. My bad. (laughs) I was like, Ooh, fake relationship incoming. The basis for so many romantic comedies. I was like, ooh, a good trope. <laughs> a good old I fashioned. love a fake marriage. Yes. <laughs> Let's pretend to date until we date for real type. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
And he's just so like, girl, you were just helpless. Like, it's kind of embarrassing how helpless you are. Um, and he's like, damn, like, what's happened to all your money? He's like, you need to be on a budget. This is the part I was like, sir, you got you bring it back down a notch because he, she's like, he she wanted to buy some candy. Yeah, he took her wallet. And he was like, she wanted to buy some candy or something because the guy comes around with like a little cart or something like that or a little tray. And he just got through telling her, like, you spent all your money. Like, what happened to your money? You had more money. Uh, you had four dollars. Yeah, you had like four or five dollars this morning. Now you got, got two. Like, where'd all your money go? Which is a lot of money. Like, if shit is like 10 cents, like, where are you spending three dollars at? <laughs> I don't understand. And so she's like, no, I want like, I don't know, a candy bar or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Like, candy bar. I want that candy bar. And he's like, he tells her to shut up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she's like, you got a dollar sixty cents. You ain't getting shit. You need to be on a budget. <laughs> I was like, honestly, this is about the time you guys slip your shoe off and hit him across the head. Because what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I was like, this man is a stranger. He should not be talking to you like that. But at the same time, you probably should be on the budget and you should yeah. listen to him. But you need to tell him to get the fuck out your face. The message is getting a little bit heated and it didn't need to get heated. Like, this is still like, she's technically a grown woman. <laughs> she's married for sure. So like, she's at least grown um, she might not be making the financial decisions in her marriage, but she like has no reason to talk to her like she's like two. Like, don't do that. That's a little bit gross, sir. Um, he also starts calling her brat, mm-hmm. which I feel like happens a lot in romantic comedies too. Mm-hmm. You get that little nickname popping. <laughs> the, the nickname is the gateway to the closeness mm-hmm. factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so they stop for the night because a bridge has washed out. Uh, like it's raining, so they can't cross the bridge at that time. So they get a room because they're married, so they can do that. And um, I don't understand the whole part about the house because at one point, I guess there's like rope across the walls, like so they to, to put partition. Up- they put up the rope so they couldn't see each other change. Yeah, but at one point they say, darn clever, these are Armenians. And I was like, how do you know they're Armenians? Is this Armenian community? I get to like research this, but I was like, you know what? I don't know. What What, what the... year was this? I'm not going to Google. Oh, 1934. Now, okay. If you want to Google. <laughs> I was like, is there a, was there a heavy Armenian immigration at that time? Like, what about this place that Armenia? Because I went back and rewatched it like twice. So I was like, what are they talking about? <laughs> I was not sure. Um, so they are talking and uh, I guess she assumes that he's trying to get with her. And um, Peter's like, listen, girl, I'm just using you for a story. Because she finds out that he is a reporter and she's like, she's like, no, please don't fucking write about this. And he's like yeah i don't want anything to do with you i just want you for a story just like i don't tell your dad or alert your dad to your whereabouts and you agree to give me like an exclusive um at the end of this train or end of this trip like once we all get back to new york uh give me like a day in the life type thing or something (laughs) i don't really remember the exact details but basically they make some sort of arrangement that she'll Give him a story if he keeps quiet. It looks like they, like the U.S., experienced a wave of immigration from Armenians between eighteen 
1917. And that's, isn't that because of the, is that because of uh, the genocide? Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured, but I was like, what about this house says Armenians live here? I was very confused. I was yeah. like, I was like, there's nothing here that I noticed specifically. And I was like, okay, like people partition their houses. That's not limited to one ethnic group either. <laughs> so I was a little lost on why they stuck that in there. Might be like a off quip that you had to be there in 1934 to get. And feels then a little, be like feels a little charged. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll be like, ah ha ha ha, and then looking back, it's like, bitch, what the fuck? I was like, they hope your ass is out. So I don't, I don't understand the the pointed nature of your comment. <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> the flippant <laughs> nature of your comment was not necessary. Uh, so. He makes a partition with a sheet and he calls it the walls of Jericho. And he said, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> which comes up a lot later. And he said, would you mind joining the Israelites? Which is like to get on the other side of the fucking wall. <laughs> and she keeps standing there. And so then he starts undressing and he's talking about his method of undressing and how he's he like a yeah. guy who liked to undress a certain way like he would take all his clothes off and then take off his hat rather than take his hat off first and then take off his clothes and so then he starts i guess he gets like he takes his shirt off and then i think he gets to like take off his pants and she's like okay 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 <laughs> and he runs because <laughs> the other side i was like wait damn i was like you didn't fold when he took off that shirt because <laughs> he was talking he was doing a lot of talking a lot of undressing <laughs> yeah and then he said like she's really quiet on the other side and I, he said still with me brat and i was like Sorry, I might have I might have folded. <laughs> might have folded at that point. Um, <laughs> don't like names, sad little nicknames, but might have pulled down the walls of Jericho. Who knows? Um, she puts her stockings on the little partition at one point. And he says, "I wish you'd take those things off the walls of Jericho." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh." Showing your under things. <laughs> it's not appropriate. First of all, you get to see undergarments. I know. Those have been on her legs. Those have been on her and legs. Then, ooh, he acknowledged them. Like, girl, you better take them bangs down. <laughs> Ain't no telling. <laughs> or off our chastity partition, girl. No, our cha- our, this is for chastity. This is for modesty's sake. And here you go. Got your under things on. <laughs> Just classless. <laughs> Um, and I just realized they didn't even know each other's name at this point. Well, he knew her name, but she didn't know his no, name. This is all progressed. That. This is all progressed over a day or so. And she has not known his name. So he says, he says a bunch of stuff. But at one point he says, I'm the soft morning breeze that caresses your lovely face. And I was like, this is. <laughs> I was like, this what your mama named you soft morning breeze? <laughs> okay. Well, then she says, my name is Peter. What is it, Peter Warren or something? What is it? What is his mm-hmm. last name? Peter Warren. Yes. Um, and she says, I don't like it. <laughs> got his ass. Got you. Got you good. Get him again. Uh, <laughs> so then, um, so I guess this is the part where we find out that he has detectives looking for Ellie. Her father does. And when they wake up the next day, Peter has had her dress pressed, which I was like, did you take this to another person to have it pressed? Or did you do it yourself? I don't know many men in 1934. I mean, maybe if you did like military service, I don't know. I don't know how many pressings were being done in the military. <laughs> I feel like to me, I feel like he probably did it himself. You know, nice little tender loving 
You know, I mean, he had to press his own clothes too, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. Uh, Ellie goes to take a shower outside, which at first he's appalled by because he was like, Why is the shower outside? <laughs> he was like, All the best showers are outside. And um, then she actually skipped the whole line, she didn't realize the line. Like all those women standing out there was in, in line for the shower. Then she goes in the shower and somebody's naked in the shower. She's <laughs> like, privacy, bitch. <laughs> she, Ellie is making enemies. Ellie don't know what's going on, girl. No self-awareness about herself or any of her surroundings. Like, ma'am, like you don't see all those people lined up with their towels and toothpaste. She go get in line and little girl, like a couple people away, go, eh. Stick out her yes. tongue, and she's like, eh, huh, okay. I, I, then I she feels like, I think she likes that she's kind of been jumped into this women's group. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way you could really put it. Like, you know, they harassed her and <laughs> called her names, and she's, she's like, one of the people. Yeah, she's one of the common folk now. And so they're eating breakfast. Uh, she's telling him that she's always been told what to do and how to do it and that she met King Wesley while trying to escape her father's bodyguards, which I feel like that's from another movie and I can't remember what that's from. Like That feels like those movies, like, what is it called? Like, First Daughter? Yeah, it feels like something. I was about to say My Date with the President's Daughter, but I don't think But that's like the same movie. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, though, but it feels like that would be the vibe. Like, where else would you have bodyguards? (laughs) But like the Secret Service. It's uh, it's definitely first. It feels like First Daughter and Chase and Liberty, because those are like Mm -hmm. two of the same movies. Yeah. Peter is just like, girl, you don't know shit because y'all are rich. He harbors a very particular disdain for rich people, which I feel like we'll mm-hmm. find out later uh, why. And um, so then they get a knock on the door and um, they're saying that these detectives are here looking for an Ellie, uh, like looking for her. And <laughs> she pretends to be like a, a plumber's wife and he's the plumber. <laughs> they start uh fighting in front of these people and she starts crying and uh and they're like what could you done you're making her cry (laughs) the people like who own the like space it's like they were a pretty like peaceful loving couple and look what y'all that came in here and did y'all didn't disrupt it they peace damn y'all need to get out like please leave please leave they were fine when they came in this morning then y'all came in here asking questions and now look look the lady crying Mm -hmm. the lady is over here crying she's hard and please leave the premises thank you and then oh because at the beginning i forgot um before that he was like, oh, let's like make like disguise you. So he like kind of fucks up her hair a little bit. And then he unbuttons her shirt for her. I was like, Ooh. he unbuttons his like clothes. Yeah, he's trying to like, bit. you know, mess up her clothes. So they look like kind of like a poor couple or whatever. <laughs> and she's looking so well to do because they're really looking for her. They're like not looking at him. But I was like, oh, you would just be grabbing up people's blouses, unbuttoning mm-hmm. people's blouses and shit like that. Interesting, because then when they when they uh, when the detectives leaves, he goes back to fix it. So he goes back and buttons her blouse up for her, and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just little things like that, little touches mm-hmm. here and there, mm-hmm. you know. 
on the bus again. Uh, this is after Ellie's dad has made a $10,000 reward for her return. I think he puts in the newspaper, right? And um, there's a little scene where the bus is, I feel like the bus, something happens with the bus. I feel like it hits like a pothole or something crazy. And then um, Ellie falls on the ground. He picks her up, which I thought that was cute. And then there's like some kid straight out of the Great Depression era photos, a dust bowl photos with his mama. Yeah, crying the- because his mom is passed out because they didn't eat anything because they spent all their money on the bus and i was like damn hard times for this little raggedy country yeah. <laughs> they are like traveling to new york for a job mm-hmm. mom, like they spent all their money on those tickets they yep. ate nothing the baby yep. crying he's mama's got a newsy hat like, mama's sick and they just like done yeah and ellie gives the kid the rest of the money that they had Mm-hmm. which he, I think Peter was kind of impressed by, even though it was also like, when he, they found out later, it was like, oh shit, that was everything. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we actually needed that. <laughs> we definitely needed that money. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought it was kind of cute. I Because at first I watched this, I was like, why is this kid here? But I guess it was to show that she was very like generous. Like she could be a very yeah. generous person. Because at first I was like, there's no reason for this child <laughs> to be here. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, she's kind-hearted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With his little newsies hat. <laughs> yeah. Poor baby. Aw. going to start new in, in New York. Uh-huh. He seems like one of those kids that would be going to sell newspapers on the street. Mm. He gives that vibe. <laughs> I don't know what his mom was going to do, but God bless him. I hope they got there safely. Um, so Shapely sees the newspaper announcement, and he basically, I feel like he threatens Peter somehow. Like, hey, shows in the picture of Ellie on, on the on the paper and it's like, oh, you know, we should turn her in together. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, if that was my wife, like, <laughs> he's such a smarmy little weirdo. And Peter is like, I'm her kidnapper <laughs> or something like that. So it's, it's gone from fake dating, fake relationship to I'm her kidnapper. <laughs> He threatened, like, he threatens the shit out of Shapely. Like, yeah. He was like, sir, I will beat your ass. She's like, the ransom is $10,000. And then he's like, we're holding her for a million or something like that. <laughs> and then tells him, like, he's like telling him the story about how there was some guy named Bugs, right? Yes. That, that they, the organization, had threatened him and he didn't listen he went home one night and he's what happened what happened to his kids made him kill himself or something <laughs> I was like, he was talking about wait he was like you got you got gats on you you got the fireworks you got the i was like oh <laughs> shit he was old timey slang and i was like oh, okay yeah is this this is where gats come from okay you got the gats got the fireworks you, you holding anything on you I was like, got oh. that thing on him. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay. It's getting intense. He's basically like, I will kill your kids. <laughs> you don't, if you leave, you'll leave us alone right now. And so, because um, I guess he tells, he gets him to tell him where he lives too, like in New Jersey somewhere. And so then Shapely goes running off into the night. Like, I was like, do you know where you're going? You, there's no road. No. <laughs> do you know where North is? 
I hope you do. He's just he's just out here with just Figure, the, take a the chance. clothes on his back. Yeah. Yeah, because he was talking about they should split the money together with Peter. It's like we can do 50-50. Yeah, 5000 5, which would be a fucking ton of money back then, but still. Mm-hmm. Just what the hell? So Peter pulls Ellie off the bus because he was like, all right, well, your face is all over the papers now. We, we can't be seen. You can't afford to be seen. Um, and so they're walking in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I love how they come to a river. And I feel like they sh- I don't know. I wonder how they shot this because the, the river is very sparkly. <laughs> it's very sparkly. Yeah. And I was like, did they do this during the day and then somehow like darken it? Like I was really trying to figure that out because it looked really well shot. Um, the lighting in this movie, even though it's a black and white, <laughs> which I don't think we ever mentioned that this movie is in black and white. Yes. <laughs> it's really yeah, this is well old timey. Yeah. Old-timey times. Well, I think they restored it um, mm-hmm. in the last like, 10 years maybe they had made like major restoration so i wonder because i watch this on tubi so i don't know where tubi be sourcing their materials <laughs> tubi tubi will have you i watch this on criterion but tubi okay. got you okay anything you need tubi has pretty much okay i had no anything idea that's been criterion. deleted from hbo tubi has <laughs> tubi has lovecraft country <laughs> that's fucking crazy <laughs> i think they have westworld too they're really yeah, coming be, up in the world. To be got you. <laughs> the app of the people. Peter carries Ellie across the river on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about how... Real strong. <laughs> she, okay, so he's saying... She is saying that this is like a piggyback ride. And he's like, this is not... No. This is not a piggyback ride. Like, I'm carrying you over my shoulder. That's not how piggyback rides go. She's yeah. like, no, this is how my dad used to do it. And I was like... Hey, what was your dad? <laughs> your dad is no shit. <laughs> and he was like, "You fucking rich people don't know a damn thing about anything." Um, he's like, "That was a terrible piggyback ride. You don't even know what a piggyback ride would be." <laughs> and then uh, they're arguing about it. He stops and he's like, "Here, hold this." Like he gives her his bag and he smacks her on the butt. My butt. I was like, "What's going on in 1934?" He was like, yeah, I'll show you a piggyback ride. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. This is intense flirting. Okay. This is what we're calling flirting. I'd be like, what's, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, you just touched my ass. <laughs> I'm very he much like, you. piggyback ride bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I just met you like two days ago. And you just smacked my ass. Like, what's going on? <laughs> so I think they stop at a, like a barn. Not a barn, but like a haystack to sleep it <laughs> yeah uh some random bits of hay and so he goes and preps all her like her little bed for her and then she's like peter i'm hungry and so <laughs> he's like we are in the middle of nowhere you should be so scared that you shouldn't be hungry what is your problem yeah he's like the fear should cancel out the hunger like you can't be hungry and scared at the same time <laughs> Or hungry and tired. One of the two, he's like, you can't be both. Like, <laughs> you pick a struggle. And so she, uh, she's still whining. So he goes off somewhere. And then she's like, I guess she's talking out in the middle of like, just, you know, talking and kind of talking shit. And then she realized he's not answering. And she's like, wait, did he leave me? <laughs> so she starts being like, wait, Peter, where'd you go? And he goes running back. He's like, I was with some carrots. 
<laughs> I was like, what are you doing? But okay, Peter Forging. Okay. Just pull some carrot out the ground and mm-hmm. said, uh, you know what? I was about to go to get you some food. And then she's like, I don't like carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girl, you gotta eat this shit and just leave me alone at this point. Because <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. That's what that's what he said. He's like, this is all we got. Like, <laughs> you gotta eat it. And she's like, I don't, I don't want it. I'm not hungry no more. I got so scared. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like, all that's precious. But also, girl, he just went and got you some. I mean, the carrots, obviously, and they're they're dirty and they made it in the ground. But like I'm so scared. I'm not hungry. And he's <laughs> like, You better eat these fucking carrots. Honestly. He is not amused by her bullshit. Um, so I love this scene. It's like her in the hay in her little hay bed or whatever. And she's sitting there and she's looking out with her little, you know, the little, you know, when the music's all soft in the background and she got a little Vaseline on the screen. <laughs> like, camera it is very Star Trek. The, the blur. Is <laughs> and she has a little 1930s eyebrows. Because that's the Clara Bow experience, right? Mm-hmm. So... I didn't know. I wanted to see, but it's very, it's very nineteen, uh, it's very nineteen thirties. Um, but she's like, "What are you thinking about?" <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "By strange coincidence, I was thinking of you." And I said, "Oh, girl, stronger than the Marines at that point." <laughs> <laughs> it's literally y'all, them carrots and hay. No one would know the difference what happens in the barn. I mean, y'all kind of outside, but like, no, nobody would know, girl. And then he started talking about how he's like, Y'all are so dizzy all the time. Why are you ladies so dizzy all the time? Or something. I'm like, Not you spoiling the mood, sir. But, like, <laughs> but she's still kind of like looking at him all fondly with her, with her really thin eyebrows. <laughs> like, oh, mm. I was like, Damn, girl folded like a cheap card table over there but you know <laughs> stay strong stay strong so the next day they're hitchhiking uh where she's like girl i can't do this because my feet hurt i'm not i'm always not prepared for this i was not ready <laughs> don't have my new balances on <laughs> not w- made for walking up the road and so he's going into detail about how to hail a car he's got all these different techniques and and scenarios for how to hail a car and then he tries it and it didn't work on not no. one single car <laughs> like 17 cars just zoom that was embarrassing it. it got to be embarrassing at the, t- t- at the last couple because they just fly by <laughs> he couldn't even get his hand out fast enough the way they were they were going past him and i was like girl that's that's sad is this when he was eating the carrots too? Yes, he was eating them like, what's up, that basically. Yeah, yep. shout out to you, sir. I wonder how he felt about that. I should have looked that up. If he know, if he knew that he was the inspiration for the damn cartoon. <laughs> this yeah. fast-talking rabbit. Mm. I just... mean, that's it's an icon, so. I think because at one point, doesn't Shapely call him Doc or something too? On the so. bus? Uh, he yeah, I think Doc is used at one point. Yeah, which I don't even know if that's like commonplace. I've never heard that outside of like a Looney Tunes thing, so I don't know. That's just so 
It's so random. Some of the 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 lines in this movie and how they translated into like this massive character <laughs> that's so popular today. Uh, so Ellie's like, listen, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for these carrots. I don't have time for none of this. So I'm going to do my own little little, little uh, system of hailing a cab or hailing a taxi or a car or whatever. And so she goes and sticks out that leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she put it out there like mm-hmm. oh and not only leg, but she also lifts up her skirt a little bit. Uh-huh, a like, little bit of thigh. Mm-hmm. A little bit of knee, you know, for the girls. Uh mm-hmm. I read that there was supposed to be first of all, Claudette didn't want to do the scene at all. She was like, That's I'm like that's not ladylike. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Mm. Then they were gonna have a stunt double do it. And she's like, That's <laughs> not my leg. And so uh, she, she she did the scene after she didn't want to do it because she's like, that's not the right leg. I'm sorry. That's no. Mm. <laughs> I was like, that's such an iconic like scene. Now she's in pop culture history. Yeah. I don't know anybody who hasn't even seen that somewhere in some form yeah. of fashion. I mean, the... I- idea of hitchhiking that's how it works that whole i don't know it just seems kind of it's kind of salacious in its in its suggestive nature oh yeah <laughs> in terms of like hey listen you can get a piece of this if you just <laughs> help me and my friend out mm. you know which i feel like that's probably why she turned down that scene but yeah um, yeah she was outraged that she was like how dare you have that girl try to do my scene for me? <laughs> Apparently she threw a lot of little tantrums on the set. And I think that she she only agreed to it if she could go on vacation like right after. She's like, this this movie better not go over schedule because I got a planned vacation. <laughs> oh shit. She, she's like, I got places to go, things to do, people to see. So let's not make this a big thing. <laughs> like, this movie got you an Oscar, girl. <laughs> Got you both Oscars. Um, so they're in the car. Uh, Peter is like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, why did you just take all your clothes off? But she's like, yeah, I'll try that next time. She's like, we could have got 40 cabs if you had uh, taken your clothes off. She's like, okay, I'll do that next time. We need 40 cabs. Thank you so much for the idea. <laughs> and so they're, you know, arguing back and forth. And um, the guy... I guess goes and pulls over um, to like a gas station or some sort of like, you know, little shop on the side of the road or whatever. And um, why is he singing? I was confused about that. His little very, very operatic seating. <laughs> I forget what his song was, but his song was about the situation at hand. I know he says it's something part of like people in love are seldom are very seldom hungry. That was one quote I wrote down. But everything else is escaping me and I was like why is he still going on? He was definitely singing about them because whatever they had just said he just sang it. Mm, he made yeah. a little ditty from it. Oh okay. And he pulled over into <laughs> the guest. He pulled over to the gas station like, oh, yeah, up oh, my tank on E. Yeah. Got to fill up. Yeah. Got to uh, put this premium in this tank. <laughs> this lead-based oil. <laughs> lead-based gas. <laughs> Living dangerously. Um, and I think Ellie is like, 
yo, I'm hungry still because she hasn't eaten. Um, all the guys in carrots still. And he's like, I'm gonna ask, or she says, I'm gonna ask the guy. And this is when Peter's like, I'll break your neck. And I was like, Peter, why do we have to have such strong reactions to what this girl be doing? Like, mm. it's not that's not the basis of a great relationship. Like, that's not this is not Ozzy and Harriet. This is this is sir. <laughs> we were having a nice moment. <laughs> And he apologizes to her, which, like, thankfully, because usually you don't get that. I feel like in these movies from back then, but he's like, ah, wait, nah, you can't go up in there. Oh, yeah. He's very upset by that. And then, um, so they're out of the car now, and the guy comes running back from inside the gas station. <laughs> he drives off with their shit in his car and Peter comes around the corner running after him, which I was surprised he even caught up with him, to be honest. <laughs> Me too. I was like, that man is gone. But then, you know, is that a Model T? I don't know. I think it was, which at this point, I think it would have been quite old. <laughs> like, that's the only car. I feel like those cars only went like 15 miles per hour. Probably like that's 30, true. 30? I don't know. Oh, okay. They, they didn't go too fast. Yeah, it's an older car for sure. So he catches up with this guy and he has all these bruises on him and stuff. And it's because he said that he had to, to beat up the guy and then tie him to a tree <laughs> and left him there. And he stole the car. Yes, car theft. We got romance. We got nicknames. We've got um, stolen suitcases. We have um, um, partitions and fake relationships. We have theft. <laughs> And assault. Yes. I think this is the part where, oh, they have to pawn off some of the stuff that they have for gas because they can't afford, they can't no. afford gas at all. Um, and then Ellie, who hates the carrots, but she starts eating the carrots finally. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all the shit you know, put this man through. <laughs> Child, at least you can eat one of the carrots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Ellie's father, meanwhile, has called a truce with King, King Wesley. And this is put in the newspapers, which matters in about five seconds. Um, so Peter and Ellie con some man for a room for free, which I didn't understand this at first. But I guess the, like the, the wife of the manager thought that like it was a, a salacious uh romantic encounter that was happening <laughs> because they promised that they would stay for a week and the and the lady's like they're not gonna stay for a week why did you give them the room or whatever you're always and believing in like, bad no, people they're a fine couple they're a good substandard moral couple Come yeah on, and, baby. and that lady's like they are not married <laughs> they are not married at all how dare you ellie's acting very anxious about getting home it's kind of acting like she doesn't want to go home uh peter sets up the walls of jericho again and Ellie starts wondering if they'll ever see each other after this. That's why she's kind of a little. You, okay, Ellie, why would you see a man that you declared your love for? And he's like, you got to go back to bed, toots. Like, <laughs> like no, you're, you're never going to see this man again. Well, this like, is before she asked, like, that they, this is before the declaration of love. She's kind of like, are we going to be friends after this? And he's like, why? No, <laughs> why would we? Like, Especially you're about to be married? No. <laughs> let's think about it. Let's use our heads rationally. Remember, she's a rich girl. She doesn't know things. 
Like, mm-mm. This is done. <laughs> once you get dropped off at the house, once your Uber pulls this up, is... <laughs> it's, it's over. Peter's her Uber. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, have you ever been in love, Peter? And he describes this, like, kind of nice scene of, like, swimming together in the, like, near an island in the Pacific at midnight. And, you know, someone that's real, someone that's alive, they don't come that way anymore. Which I was like, damn, <laughs> you were talking like this almost 90 years ago. <laughs> this is the same way people talk about relationships now. Or just, like, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> I was like, how long has this been plaguing people? For like the entirety of the 20th century and the 21st century? Yes. I think that's just love. I, I just think that's just the nature of the beast. I think that's just love. They don't make them like that no more. They never made them like that in the first place. How no. About that? Who is it? The the woman I made up in my head. <laughs> <laughs> my AI generated girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. They don't make them like that anymore. Who? Oh, the girl bless. I had a crush on in high school. Oh. Who didn't talk to you ever? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they don't make them like that. They don't make them like my crushes. Why is this oh. like, can't hardly wait? <laughs> like, it's the, the Amanda moment. They don't make them like that. <laughs> In his description of all this, like, he had kind of mentioned that he had liked someone enough to start making plans. This is why I was thinking that I was like, maybe he had, like, had been either in a relationship with somebody or, like, almost thinking about proposing to someone who is probably a rich person because it doesn't make sense all the other personal grievances that he would have against rich people especially rich girls (laughs) if he hadn't had experience with them directly Hmm. that's what my take was because I was like maybe he was involved with somebody just as frivolous and ridiculous as Ellie but he was so in love with her that he didn't really see the red flags um, maybe until he proposed and then it didn't go well <laughs> that would make sense yeah. that would that would work that would inform that would come in gen two of rom-coms yes yes once you're like oh i was hurt one time and now i can never love again <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's gen two that's yeah. gen two of rom-com yeah yeah that's what i was thinking because i was like why else would you be like so particular about how she's rich like most other people are like hell yeah she rich <laughs> like let's get it yeah payday uh. like he's very upset by it he's 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 been burnt and ellie's like let's run away to your island i don't want to live without you <laughs> He was like, girl, go back to sleep. <laughs> like, we got we got stuff we got to do in the morning. You got to go to sleep. Mm. Yeah, go to sleep. It's not going to work. It's not. Let's dead this. And she's so upset. She's on her room, uh, on her side of the room crying and stuff. And Peter leaves, goes, finds another gas station attendant. Um, I guess he bargains more of his stuff. Uh, first in gas and leaves for New York, which I don't remember how, I guess they were like three hours away from New York. I think that's what it was. He gets to New York, tells his boss that the real story is that Ellie's going to leave her husband King for none other than Peter. <laughs> you cannot write that story. What the fuck? Like, yeah, that's, that, that's unethical. That that's not a really ethical story. <laughs> Breaking news. The heiress Ellie is leaving her man for bum, 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 bum. Me, nigga. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. 
what kind of paper would run that headline? That would at least have to be run, like written by one of your coworkers. Some <laughs> you're not getting paid off of that. An NY uh, NYT opinions piece because you know those are garbage. <laughs> yes, in my opinion, it would be best for Ellie to leave her man for me. <laughs> like you can't do that. <laughs> it would be best for the local economy for Ellie to leave her man for me. Yeah, um, it, it would aid in job creations. Like you can't, you can't spin this into a headline. Like Girl, you can't. opinion pieces are tro trash. <laughs> the <laughs> bottom of the barrel of trash. Um, I hate them. They're yeah. That whole paper is not being read by me anymore. <laughs> it wasn't no. really re- regularly read by me to begin with, but it shall not be read by me now. So sorry to wire cutter. Love your content, but I can't. I can't fuck with it. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I don't know why he thought this is a good idea. This is probably why he got fired in the first place um, for ideas like this. But he asked for $1,000 so he can propose to Ellie, which I was like, how do you, you ask your own boss for $1,000? He's like, I got a dime in my pocket. I can't propose to this girl. He's <laughs> like, I need some money to, re- to propose to her for real. Um, meanwhile, the innkeepers kick Ellie out because she didn't realize that Peter had left her. She was still asleep. Um and he's like, don't, and the, the wife is like, don't come back. I run a respectable place. <laughs> this is why I was like, oh, did, did he think, like, did she think that they were up to like a one night sort of like love motel type thing? Mm-hmm. They was up here. They was in my establishment living in sin. And I will <laughs> not have this kind of sinful behavior run on my uh, uh, properties at no, all. No, no, exactly. I don't care how much. Y'all go down the street with that shit. <laughs> I don't even, even know how much it cost them a night, honestly. And he had said that they were going to stay for the week, which obviously they were not. And um, I guess they said for a week so they won't have to pay right away. Mm-hmm. This is why people make you pay up right now. Mm-hmm. So Peter's on his way back. But on his way back, he sees that Ellie and her dad and King are riding on the opposite direction in a police escort. Like, he is so heartbroken and sad and angry. Oh, he's like, damn, I just broke the story. I just asked for money. Yep. Oh, shit. Got a skirt, skirt. <laughs> and my little stolen Model T. That he, he's still driving this damn car around. <laughs> Grand theft auto like a motherfucker. So this paper, I guess he comes back and he gives the money back. And he's then like, also, uh... like, he's very defeated. And... His boss is like, come back when you sobered up or something like that, I think. He was like, yeah, you was drunk in here when you was talking that shit, wasn't you? Was <laughs> like, yeah, I was a little turned. I was turned on, up. On the the liquor. Yeah. And everything I told you, it was uh, a lie. Ignore but everything I said. Ellie was is not marrying <laughs> me. She is not leaving her man for Big Daddy Peter Warren. Um, so do not run that headline. I am a liar. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. They go with a different headline. They go with love triumphant. Which is, which which is, is kind of worse. It's way worse. <laughs> it's like despite all the obstacles, including this motherfucker, they made it. <laughs> yeah, love found a way. Love and life finds a way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um so Ellie and, and Wesley are getting married. For real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter looks like a goddamn fool. Um, 
her dad is still not with the shits, honestly. And uh, on the day of the wedding, she's a little miserable. Um, and she admits to her dad that she's in love with Peter and doesn't think that he loves her back. Um, her dad is supportive because he's like, hell yeah, get King out of here. I don't care how you got to do it. I don't care if you are upset, but we got to get your husband out of here. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, did you, I mean, don't tell me you found a bus driver to fall in love with. She's like, no, <laughs> she's like, I don't really know that much about him, but I love him. And, um, Peter shows up asking for the $39 that he spent on it. <laughs> so like the thing about Peter though, like he had mailed a letter saying we need to settle our financial dispute about yes. the situation. Yeah. So her dad shows her a letter and she's like, Oh, he wants the reward money. He does not love me. Like I love him. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, she thinks that he's only in it for the reward money after all. So she's even more heartbroken. Her dad is like, um, I don't know about all that, but we'll find out because I'm going to invite him to this party to ruin it anyway because I hate this man. <laughs> Let's call him up. <laughs> Her dad kept it consistent throughout the entire movie. <laughs> he shows up. $39 is a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot. It's a lot back then. It's a lot now. If I spent thirty nine dollars this might randomly, I'd be a little like, "What the hell?" <laughs> um, her dad and Ellie think that she's coming, or he's coming for the reward, and he's like, "Listen, I, I just want your, I, I mean, you know, are you in love with my daughter? Because I don't want her with this man." <laughs> and he's like, "I'm not here for the reward money. I'm just here for the thirty nine dollars because it was the principle of the matter." He's like, "I gotta, I had to keep wearing the same clothes for days on end." And he's like, are you in love with my daughter? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he like asked him and asked him over and over again. He's like, finally, he's like, yes, but don't hold it against me. I'm kind of a screw up. <laughs> the screws are not all the way up. <laughs> the synapses are not synapsing in his brain. So he's like, listen, please. I love this girl. But please don't, you know, I'm not all the way there. <laughs> he's like, Clearly. Yeah, I've just been through some stuff. You know, I had to take this girl from Miami to New York. So it was a long journey. She owed me $40. I don't need that. I'm still jobless. <laughs> I lost my job in the process. He's like, I got, I'm sorry. I need some stuff. But yes, I love your daughter. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm yes. Oh, and then he insults her at the party. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. He insults her and he's like, oh yeah, you're, what do you say? He's like, oh, you fit right in or something like that. Being a rich mm-hmm. girl hobnobbing. Just nasty. Mm-hmm. He, was like, not- he just came in. He was like, mm, "Look at you, <laughs> look at you, just trifling." I was like, "That's not necessary. Not after you just said you love her. Like, uh-huh. let's be nice to each other." <laughs> you in her wedding gown. I know. I know. Rude. Um. So her husband arrives. And something called an auto gyro. I don't really know what that is. That it's just like an amateur plane. Is that like a helicopter? It's like a helicopter. I guess so. I'm looking at them now, and they look really ridiculous. But I'm trying to think of like what it because it looked like just like kind of like a shitty plane. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, this looks like something out of World War (laughs) Two. looks really really fucking ridiculous um 
I mean, he loves a stunt. That's how their marriage is going to be, clearly. And mm-hmm. they're at, what are they? Are they at the altar or? Yeah, they walking down the aisle. Her dad is walking down the aisle. He's like, you know what? You ain't got to do this. Not too late to change your mind. <laughs> I got I got a car waiting for you down the way. Sure. All you got to do is say the word. You do not have to do this. It is fine. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to blame you. You can run. You can run. You can run. It's up to you, baby girl. It's your world. You don't have to marry this man. And also, he didn't take the award, reward money. He just yeah. wanted $30. That's, that's, what he, that's the that's the kicker. He's like, oh, we don't have to, you know, let me let you. I'm not trying to start nothing. I'm not saying. I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, he only wanted $40. He didn't want the total 10K. He only wanted a little bit to get home. A little, you know, jumpstart his life a little bit. Hold him over to the next check or the next rent payment, you know. And <laughs> Ellie runs away from the wedding in the middle of the wedding. <laughs> Like Very everybody bright. is there. Everybody can see this. This is not before the wedding. This is the wedding. It's just like Runaway Bride. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, I have seen it in my lifetime, I believe. I have seen the commercials for it, but I have not seen this movie. But <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. I think Julia Roberts run away. She gets on a horse and like pop, pop. Yes. Yes. Oh, because she gets a uh, damn. Yeah, she gets married and she keeps leaving them at the altar. God damn, that's <laughs> a string of fiancés. Not just one, but she's done it several times. I just thought that was funny because I was like, damn, all that money in. I mean, your daddy don't care. He got enough money to last for the rest of y'all last. <laughs> she, uh, the dad also paid King $100,000 too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he it he's. I guess he pays him to like, not to marry her or something? Is that what he paid her for? Or paid him for? What did he pay him for exactly? I forget the details, but a payment was made. Yeah, some money exchange. Yes, they were, he was just like, listen, I don't care what you do where you go. <laughs> as long as you don't do it here, because <laughs> I'm not into it. And um, there's some time ago, like some time passes. And Peter and Elliot are at an inn, of course. Mm-hmm. And I guess they had written her dad for like a toy trumpet <laughs> to send them a toy yeah. trumpet. Or he said the walls of Jericho are crumbling, but we need you to send a toy trumpet. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, oh. Come on, metaphors. Come on, metaphors. And um, Peter plays a little toy trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> I think they get the 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 manager of the end. Something about he they write him a letter talking about can, can we can we do this? <laughs> and the, and her dad's like, yes, go ahead. I think he had to pay off King first. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was why all of that was happening. They're like, can we hurry up? <laughs> can we do this already? And so the 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 manager gives Peter and um, Ellie a trumpet. Someone plays the trumpet. <laughs> The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. That little bed sheet falls on the ground and the lights go out. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic ending. Nasty, nasty, nasty. <laughs> that had me. Like, I was like, oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> my word. 
I know. I know. I was like, oh, the suggestion of sex. Wasn't expecting that there. And I started cracking up. I was like, okay, y'all got me on this one. Y'all got me. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. We never yeah. even get married. I'm assuming they got married, but. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they they probably had to. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, yeah, because wasn't it the same? Was it the same motel as the last place? I think it might have been. Okay, so they were like, "Here, here's the certificate. We got married. I promise this is, yeah. a, this is a prostitution." <laughs> yeah, I think they did show them the marriage certificate. Oh yeah, maybe. So he was not tripping, or his wife was not tripping because I don't think he really cared. <laughs> I don't think he cared at all. I think this movie is so adorable. Minus some of the things you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> I think this movie is adorable. I think yeah. it's fun. It's got a little suggestion of sex without it being too much. Much, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. But witty banter, fake relationships, fake dating. It got it got it got all you need right there. It's got all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Clark Gable's ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're recommending it to the people. Yes, I would recommend it. Um, if you like romantic comedies, I would recommend it because you kind of see the history of romantic <laughs> comedies. Yeah. Um, in the modern era. And also like something you said when we began the episode, it's good to look back. Mm-hmm. Um, for inspiration and like as like someone who does creative projects or like to see where directors or um, others get inspiration from like mm-hmm. just looking back is a good idea because I feel like now we're kind of stuck in a certain time frame I feel like a lot of projects kind of pull inspiration from certain eras and those eras are like the 1980s and we're kind of like 1980s and 1990s and we're kind of stuck in the loop there yeah and i feel like we need about. to go back further um because like in my project of looking back further i'm finding a lot of gems that we can kind of if you want to go back and reference and look back into they're fun like i watched a film called pillow talk about somebody having a party line and it's about catfishing, but it's fun. Ah. It's like Rock Hudson and Doris Day. Oh like, yeah, there's it's a super cute. There's a bunch of um, Rock Hudson Doris Day movies on Criterion right now. Mm-hmm. But like, it's a really cute film, and I okay. feel like if we go back further into like those films, and that goes for like every genre, mm-hmm. we can move the medium forward because I feel like we're just stuck. We keep referencing the same stuff. We keep referencing the same films. We keep talking about the same things. And it's just not as fun as it used to be. And I think that's why like we're getting the same conversations and we're getting the same like (laughs) blandness. Yeah. I um I didn't say it in this episode. I'll probably talk about more in the next episode because the next episode we're going to talk about uh, a movie that is currently nominated. And by the time we get to it, it might, I don't think it's going to win, but <laughs> the Oscars will be over by then. <laughs> Unless there's like some crazy upset. Um, 
if we're gonna talk about triangles, sadness, uh, don't yell at us because we put that in a generator. Generator. <laughs> three other or two other movies so i was just gonna say a lot of the oscar my my main thing about the oscars usually is just and movie talking in general i feel like we talked about this in our year in review episode where i was kind of like girl i just don't want to talk about this anymore <laughs> because part of the reason about talking about movies that was fun is it's like you find out about movies from other people but something about oscar weekend more than any other weekend or oscar yeah oscar weekend because it's on a sunday it just gets to a level of like kind of vitriol that i just don't feel is necessary anymore and i love to fight (laughs) but some of it is just so just like girl this is supposed to be fun like it's a movie like i'm supposed to be having a good time i don't know i mean hopefully it gets better it has to right like it can't be like this forever I, I I hope that the next generation of directors are not getting stuck in like, yes, I just want to watch those films from when I was yet little. I'm just watching Shrek. Um, Can't talk I'm about just Shrek watching <laughs> the Bratz film. I'm just watching these films. I hope they take on more challenges than the the current directors and just watch, like watching and referencing films from when they were younger and look back further because yeah. there's so much good things out there. Like even with me, like I've always liked watching older films because that was something that I did with my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. But like me willing to expand beyond my love of movies from the 70s into yeah. going back, oh, I want to watch something from the 60s. And now I'm going, huh, I want to watch something from the 1930s, <laughs> the 40s and 50s. I found gems um, in that, like yeah. just to see how things were at that particular time or see how things were depicted yeah. um, and learning from that. And you can see like you could pick up things and use that in your work. And I just hope future directors or current directors are willing to do that. Like, yes, this is a popular movie because it's been preserved. It's in the National Registry. It has Mm -hmm. won big awards. But even those films from back in the day that has won big awards or have been nominated have been lost. Because like when we were looking through like the list of films that were nominated we saw some that was like i have literally never heard of this film <laughs> there's we a have few talk- we have even talked about like academy award nominated films that like prior to doing an episode about it like we didn't know were academy academy award nominated like when we did claudine that yeah. was nominated um uh actresses were nominated from that film so like yeah you got to keep that in mind. So it's just about like expanding your horizons and learning and growing. Stay curious out here. You know, don't get too involved in your comfort zones and things. I mean, obviously don't look for traumatic material, but <laughs> try to you know, expand your horizons. You know, it's, there's stuff out there, even if you don't feel like you directly relate to it, because what do I know about Clark Gable? <laughs> yeah. Not much. Not much. Nah. He didn't sound like the best person in the world, to be honest. <laughs> but it's like yeah. the work is there. The work is good. Like there's something to take from it, even if they're terrible. 
anyway. I do actually have a recommendation though. Okay, yeah, recommendations. What's going on? If you do want to watch something like a little bit more contemporary that has come out recently, okay, you might want to check out The Lost City. Is that the one with Channing Tatum? Yes, it's Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. It That's is the one I was Sandra too. Bullock is like the grumpy one. She's a <laughs> romance author who has been experiencing kind of like a little bit of writer's block. She is trying to write her novels. She is kind of like in a tough spot given something that has happened in her personal life. Mm-hmm. And then Channing Tatum is a romance book photo, like a oh, is he like the photos. He's like the Fabio. Yeah, like he's a Fabio <laughs> for like the, the novel covers. Sure. Um, so there's a, something that happens where they're put together in a situation that they're trying to get out of. So, okay. yeah, it's like kidnapping, there's adventure, sure. there is romance that blossoms over that situation. And so this is on would, Prime. It's on Prime now. It's also on Paramount Plus if you have that. Okay. Yeah. It's cute. It's it's a fun watch. I watched it twice when I watched it. So fictional friend of the show, Channing Tatum. <laughs> I have not seen Magic Mike's Last Dance, but I support you every other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, Lost City. I thought I heard that it was pretty entertaining. It's got Daniel Radcliffe doing crazy shit um, and some mm-hmm. other people in here. Um, so yeah, if you want to watch that, uh, let us know. Tell us if you do. You can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. Contact us on blackgirlfilmclub.com. Uh, hit us up on Instagram uh, and Twitter at blkgirlfilmclub. That's still happening <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> you know, we're just at a countdown for when Twitter will be annihilated from this earth, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming very soon. <laughs> um, and where else are we? I mean, you can like us on Apple Podcasts, um, on Spotify, on several different podcast platforms. Um, pick your fave. Uh, rate us if you can. Um, hit us up on coffee too. You can size a couple of dollars. All these links will be in the description, of course. And I don't know what's happening for our next one. We're doing Triangle of Sadness, like I said. Uh, that should be interesting. It's also about rich people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not a romantic comedy at all. No, it's, uh, it's supposed to be a, a, a comedy, a, a black comedy. A black it's comedy. About, um, it's by the director of Force Majeure, which I plan on watch- finishing. I started it. I plan on finishing <laughs> before okay. the end of the episode. Okay. Yes, by the time we do Triangle of Sadness, can you finish that movie? Can you? I will. Can- I watch both of them. I want to okay. watch both. Okay, yes. Yeah. So let's, let's try that and see how that goes. Um, what else I was going to say? Um... I don't know. The Oscars are soon. I don't know if we'll have our next episode up in time for the Oscars. <laughs> but if you have any predictions you'd like to let us know about, maybe we might give some. Um, I don't really. Some of the movies have escaped me already. I have an idea of, of what might win and what might not win, but it's always a toss up. Apparently today is the sixth um sixth anniversary of when moonlight won <laughs> and that yes. weird ass upset of people yes. not being able to read <laughs> unfortunately and that was kind of a shocker that was probably the last shocker that i've had 
to I mean, be honest. yeah. I mean, besides last year, but let's not get into that. What was last year? That was a slap. That was that. Was oh, the sl- the slap. I mean. They're yeah. probably going to talk about it. Jimmy Kimmel's probably going to make every skit. And this is why I don't watch the Oscars. I fucking hate skits. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a thousand jokes about that. I can't. I can't. I'm only there for the fashion. And then tell me who won the big award and then leave me alone. <laughs> After that, I don't want to know nothing else. Um, all right. Well, it, it, with that inspiring <laughs> send off, <laughs> I promise I'll be better in the next episode. Um, yeah. We'll be back soon. Like, rate, subscribe, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.